Hey guys, welcome back to the Cool Girls Only podcast. Before we get into things, I just want to do a few quick announcements. So one, the Cool Girl newsletter that you guys are hopefully all subscribed to will now be monthly. It was weekly, and that is the newsletter that I'm referring to when I say all of our recs are linked in the newsletter. We've really decided to focus more on the podcast. So you can still subscribe to the newsletter. It's going to be monthly. It'll be a little recap of our month with all of the episodes, all of our recs linked, everything. So you can still go to coolgirlnews.com to subscribe. And one more announcement is to make sure that you are following Cool Girl News on Instagram. We've been pretty quiet lately on there, but we've just kind of been brainstorming and working on some things. So we will have a little bit of a rebrand coming. Um, So go check it out, share your favorite episodes and tag us. We love to hear from you guys. And yeah, those are our little updates. We're back. We're back back. and it is officially September. Mm, I'm so excited. I know. Yes. Fall. Fall is here. (laughs) So today's episode is all about imposter syndrome. So we recorded this a few weeks ago. How are you Mm -hmm. feeling since we recorded it? Oof. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel good. I'm glad that we talked about this. I think so many people, especially women struggle with this. Um, but I catch myself all the time. Yeah. I feel the same way. I, I do love that we talked about it too. And I think I've been a little more conscious of it and I've been, I feel like I've been a little more confident actually, since we recorded it because I've been like kind of prioritizing myself. So I think Yeah, it was definitely a benefit just to even talk about it. Honestly, I agree. Important subject. Very. Do you want to get into our recs? Yeah, I can go first. I feel like I always do articles. I need to do more like fun YouTube things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So mine is a Forbes article and it's by Jack Kelly. He talks about how to fight back against imposter syndrome And the reason I like this article is because he talks about like perfectionists and how a lot of us just assume even if we, you know, hit 99% of our goals, we focus on that 1%. And I think you and I are really similar to that. So it definitely resonates. And I think it's important to acknowledge like even the best people who are the best in their field still mess things up. And that's definitely been hard for me. So my rec is this Forbes article. What about you? Yes. I struggled with this one. I didn't really know what my rec was. And I was actually reading this book the other day and she had a whole chapter on imposter syndrome. The book is called how to build a damn empire by Allie Kriegsman. She's the co-founder of bulletin. Um, and I, I honestly, am just really inspired by founder stories and female entrepreneurs. So I was really drawn to this book. And yeah, I was literally reading it the other day and it was the title of the chapter was imposter syndrome. I was like, oh, how perfect. (laughs) Um, So the takeaway, there were a few takeaways from her chapter, but two that stood out were people are more curious than critical and no one will give a fuck about your side hustle if they don't know it exists. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. Uh, so she had like a chapter where she talked about it and then she kind of broke it down with different founders. So she like interviewed different founders and asked them like how they've been impacted by imposter syndrome. So it was really interesting to read. I'm still reading the book, um, but it's really good so far. 
So definitely go check it out and support some amazing female founders. There are a ton featured in the book. So if you're like into founder stories and entrepreneurial journeys, definitely check it out. Nice. You watch, um, or you listen to how I built this, right? Yes. I love that. Yeah, I feel that like podcast. you and I connected on that early. That's such a good podcast. It's so good. <laughs> it's just so interesting to hear how everything starts. Yes. And it's like, there's always a backstory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's never short. It's always very interesting yes. how these crazy things happen and you listen to it and you're like, what on earth? Like how, like, yeah, how a lot of it's luck. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I learned. Yeah, it really is. It's crazy. But yes, it's a really, really good book. It's also really cute. I'll show you. No one else can see, but it's pink and it's cute. adorable. So yeah, check it out. Uh, so our recs will be linked in the show notes because no newsletter this week, <laughs> but I will send it out at the end of the month. We'll have our monthly newsletter going out and excited. So those are our recs, and we will get into today's episode on imposter syndrome. Define imposter syndrome because I see it everywhere. I've seen a lot, I've heard a lot of podcast episodes about it. I've just, it just seems to show up on Instagram and everything Mm -hmm. I see. So definitely wanted to talk about it. But first, I looked it up. And when you search definition of imposter syndrome, this is what comes up it says, the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effort or skills. So that is imposter syndrome. I feel like I feel like it can mean a lot of different things and stem from mm-hmm. a lot of different places, but just overall, what are your thoughts on imposter syndrome before we like get into like our experiences? <laughs> I think it's widely talked about today, which is a good thing, right? I mean, like, I don't think this was as like popular of a term five or 10 years ago. Yeah. I I feel like it's been talked about a lot. The first time I was really introduced to the term was in grad school and we had like an orientation and they asked us like, what are you most afraid about or concerned about in the next two years of your life? Like committing to this program And someone said imposter syndrome. And I was like, what the fuck is that? What is imposter syndrome? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So this is like a recent term for me, but obviously it's like you learn about this and you realize like, holy shit, this has definitely happened to me. And I've felt this. And we all know people in our lives who are affected by it like badly. And it's sad. Like it sucks. It really sucks, especially for like women, people of color. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not good. Well, no, I completely agree. And I definitely feel it too, like both inside and outside of work, as I'm sure many Mm -hmm. of us do. I do think there are a lot of problems with the concept of imposter syndrome. Like I was actually reading a really, really good article from the Harvard Business Review. That will probably be my rec for the week. Um, But I'm actually going to read the summary of the article because I thought it was really interesting because I've never really thought about imposter syndrome in this way. But the summary of the article says, Imposter syndrome or doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud at work is a diagnosis often given to women, 
but the fact that it's considered a diagnosis at all is problematic. The concept whose development in the 1970s excluded the effects of systemic racism, classism, xenophobia, and other biases took a fairly universal feeling of discomfort, second-guessing, and mild anxiety in the workplace and pathologized it, especially for women. The answer to overcoming imposter syndrome is not to fix individuals, but to create an environment that fosters a number of different leadership styles and where diversity of racial, ethnic, and gender identities is viewed as just as professional as the current model. So I like read this whole article. It's actually pretty long, but it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just goes to show that like, yes, imposter syndrome is real and we all feel it, but it's really not entirely our fault that we feel that way. It's like more so the companies, like the way the companies are built and like the behavior they enable, which is true. But I think there's a a whole other side to it, honestly, because I definitely feel imposter syndrome in work, but outside of work, just like in my life in general is kind of a different story. And I think comparison plays a huge role in that. There's a lot of different information out there. And I thought this article was interesting, an interesting way to look at it. But could you walk through a little bit of your experience with imposter syndrome? Yeah, I think... Like I said, I first experienced it in grad school. I hope, I mean, we've all experienced it. You just don't know the term for it yet, right? Like exactly. You know, you you're just learning that that's a thing that people like talk about and have created a term for. So then we use that. But yeah, I think grad school, I I didn't know if I was like qualified or as smart as the people I was sitting with. Um, I had a lot of classes with like PhD students and a lot of like guys who were much older, had a lot more experience, were getting like their third or fourth degree. And like, I don't know, they could talk about like research. Academic research is a totally different monster in itself, but like people who have experience in academic research can like talk about it. Like it's nothing and and they can explain it well for the most part. and, And they know how to read a research paper and like understand the takeaway. Whereas a lot of people that's like difficult Um, for me, it was very difficult. So taking a class with a lot of older people who had that experience already, I was just sitting there like, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing in this class right now? Mm -hmm. But yeah, at work, definitely. I'm the youngest person at my company. I think there's maybe two other people around my age, but I'm the youngest person at my company outside of interns. And I'm also like, a female, which this industry that I'm in in tech is predominantly male and my company is predominantly male. So yeah, it's, it's definitely plays a part. And I think knowing what imposter syndrome is like gives you the ability to recognize it's happening and maybe, you know, change your mindset on it and kind of take a pause and be like, I can do this. (laughs) Like, yeah, I can, I should be here. Yeah. And I think it's like you said, comparison plays a huge role in that confidence plays a huge role in that, um, like understanding your abilities and feeling confident in them is like very, very important to deal with imposter syndrome. Yeah. I don't know the mentors I've had at work or any of my managers, like they've all been women and they've all like, don't get me wrong. I've had bad managers, but not like that make me feel less than they just didn't really know how to manage people. You know, it's like, 
I've had a lot of great managers that really know how to like build me up and make me feel confident and put me in situations where I know I'm going to be confident. Like that's the type of manager. So I feel like that can also play a huge role. Like who you're working for plays a huge role in like your confidence in general and like how you excel in your career. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, this is very interesting to talk about right now because like for the most part, people who know me know that I'm absurdly confident. And like, I have never really had a problem like stating how I feel about something. It's why you and I have a podcast and it's doing okay right now. Like, like we are confident in ourselves and what we're saying. If we weren't, we wouldn't be fucking recording this call right now. (laughs) Um, but in my yearly review with my manager that him and I work very well together, we respect each other. This whole year has been good. He actually gave me like feedback that I should have more confidence. So it's like, really? Yes. Like, like you, who is someone who's like, knows me, my Mm -hmm. friends, my family who know me really well and always say like, Oh, like, I don't know. My friend Allison was visiting the other weekend and she's like, like, you're so confident. Like, when did this happen? And I'm just like, I've always been obnoxious. Yeah. Like it's just always been this way. So to be at work and for my manager to give me feedback that I need to be more confident is like, it just goes to show like how much being in an environment where you don't feel you have authority Mm -hmm. to say shit. Like, yes, I feel the same way. Like I, I definitely am not one to just jump out and speak up in meetings. Like I feel like in, in work, I'm kind of I have a different confidence than I do in my personal Mm -hmm. and just like outside of work life. Like I'm, I'm a pretty confident person, I would say. And I'm like a thousand percent more confident than I was in high school. It's different in work. I don't know like why that is. I feel that I do for the most part at work, like in the position I've been in, I've been in it for over a year now. Like when I think something needs to happen, I'll say it and I'll speak up and I'll make that decision because that's part of the role that I'm in is to be the one to voice when shit's hitting the fan. But if I get pushback, it's always from, in my situation right now at work, it happens to be always from a man and always someone more senior than me. Mm -hmm. So like it's, it puts me in a weird spot because I know based on these numbers or these stats or this report that what the conclusion I'm coming to is right. And I could back it up, but this person who's more senior than I am is pushing back at me. And it's like, Oh shit. Like that's when I get in this position of like, I know I'm right, but I'm starting to second guess myself now Mm -hmm. because he's saying I'm not right. And how far should I push this? Because he's so much senior, more senior than I am. Right. And I think that's a perfect example of what you said earlier about the HBR um, mm-hmm. article. Yeah. Like a lot of companies do not, unfortunately, give people the environment to avoid feeling imposter syndrome. No. And like I've given that feedback straight to my manager before. Like the position itself is not set up for success. Like if you've hired someone like me who is overly confident and who is drawing on data and numbers and giving my opinion, and you've asked me to do that, and I'm feeling this way, like, who the hell are you going to hire to come in and do this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're not setting that person up or the position itself, like up for success. No, that's so true. It sucks. 
just bad business. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. No, it literally is. That's why sometimes I'm like, these people at the top, these men, like sometimes the only way to like actually get your point across is to put some numbers in front of them. And like, I have done that before on several occasions where I've been like, yeah. you're doing this and it's wasting X amount of time and it's causing you this much resources and it's a bad decision. You know what I mean? And then yeah. they'll listen. I'm just feeling salty because <laughs> yeah, this has definitely affected me a lot at work. Okay. So what are the effects of imposter syndrome? Like your life, your career, anything? So I think we kind of already touched on this, but I think you're less confident in general in your career, working towards your career goals, your personal goals. You're just feeling like you don't belong there. So that's obviously going to make you less confident in general. I feel like it also can kind of hinder like trying new things or getting out of your comfort zone. I think it just can completely steal your confidence to be completely honest. I think they're intertwined. What about you? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I think career-wise it directly impacts the amount of money you make, the amount of promotions you get, your reviews at the end of the year, like all of those things are tied into your confidence and your ability to show your value and also like prove and speak on it. So I know we have an episode coming up about like negotiating for a salary and like how that works. And like, if you don't feel confident in being in the role you're in, who the hell is going to advocate for you to move up or to get promoted or to make more money. So like it seriously directly impacts like your wealth and every like, aspect of your life. Yes. Every aspect of your life. If you, yeah. If you have imposter syndrome, I think I'm getting better with it. Like, I feel like generally more so in the beginning of my twenties, I think in general, you just kind of feel lost. So you don't really feel like you belong where mm -hmm. you are. Um, but I think I'm getting better, but I agree. It does affect everything. I think in general, like your confidence affects everything. Yeah, it does. It makes the biggest difference. It's crazy. Like, I don't know. I can think of situations in my life where I was overly confident about something and it directly had a positive impact on me. Like whether it's an interview or like speaking up in a class or just like being confident in what you're thinking and what you're saying. Sometimes it's like, even if what you're saying isn't the right thing, people are more likely to listen and hear you if you you're have confident a little bit of in yourself. behind it. Yeah. How did you find that? How did you find that confidence or have you just always had that? I honestly have no idea. I have, <laughs> I grew up a very like chubby, nerdy child. Like I did not have an experience in like school where I was the most popular person, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think my parents had a big influence on me they were always just kind of like, speak up if you know something's wrong, or if you think something should be different, like voice your opinion. Cause some people won't or can't. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like stuck with me for sure over time, but yeah, I just think like, ge like genuinely there are so many positive things that have happened to me because I've been stupidly confident and yeah, I never would have been in a relationship with Caleb if I wasn't <laughs> Damn, changed your life. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like I was confident-ish 
when I was younger, like not fully. I mean, I, I don't know. As you're growing up, I feel like you're so, I mean, at least for me, I was just so unsure of who I was and yeah. who I wanted to be. So going through those years, confidence is kind of hard <laughs> to have, but as you kind of get into adulthood and like in college is kind of where I found my confidence. I feel like it was kind of me just saying like, this is my life and I need to take control of it. And like, you actually, you know, have control of your life. So be confident in the decisions you're making. So that's kind of where it started for me. And I don't know, I, I kind of just went with it and made decisions confidently. And now I'm here and I feel like yeah. the, my confidence has gotten me in a good place so far. So let's see where yeah. it takes me well, in the I next five years. Also- yeah, you and I both like were in leadership ish positions throughout like high school and college. And in general, I think we're more trusting of people who are confident and who mm-hmm. act and look and speak like they know what they're talking about. We're yeah. more inclined to follow them and we're more inclined to let them lead us. So, like, if you want to be a person in a room to like raise your voice and, and have it be heard and have people like, let you lead them. You kind of have to have that. You know what I mean? Like we're drawn to that type of behavior in general. So I think it's like, if you have that, even if you're faking it, like who gives a shit? They don't know. Mm -hmm. Like if you're actually sweating on the inside, who cares? Like it speak, you know, Mm -hmm. speak as if you know what you're talking about, especially for the people who do know what they're talking about. Yes. That's something I need to work on because like I know people say fake it till you make it. And like, that's just something I'm not good at. I just know people like at my old job, people would get promoted when they knew how to talk about shit. They had no idea about like, if you can just bullshit your way through something like that's a skill, like that is literally a skill that I need to work on because I I've literally found that's how people would get promoted because they know how to talk and they know how to communicate, even if they don't know anything about the subject that they're speaking. on. There are people in the C-suite of our companies that literally have no hard skills, like (laughs) none. So imagine people like you or I, or a lot of the women listening who actually have like tangible hard skills that they know how to do and they know what they're fucking talking about. Imagine if they were confident and spoke the way that those bums talk about, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like people who literally don't know what they're doing, but they can talk their way out of or into anything. They're getting paid, man. They're getting paid for talking. Oh, that's see, that's what like I need to work on because I'm not good at like just blabbering on about things. I don't know. I like to be very prepared for what I'm talking about. And like, if I get called out in a meeting, like I like to like know my shit but that doesn't always happen. Clearly you'll get called out and like, you won't know what they're asking. So you need to be able to just like bullshit your way through Mm -hmm. and sound good, sound good doing it. Okay. So I feel like another side of imposter syndrome, like I said, is kind of the comparison aspect. So like more so, I mean, you can definitely compare yourself in a work setting too, to like peers that are your same age that are getting promoted or whatnot. And then the other aspect just in general in life, like people, you know, which I think kind of ties into the social media episode. So I kind of just wanted to check in. I feel like we'll need to do a part two because (laughs) I'm very passionate about this topic, but like, how are you feeling since our social media episode on like the comparison aspect? 
I do like a purge of my social, like every, I'd say every six months, but actually more so since we had that podcast episode, I've been considering deleting my personal Instagram. I know because I just think it is a absolute waste of time. I don't feel like I really struggle with comparison anymore, but I don't think that there's anything on like social that's benefiting me for the most part. Like it's entertaining. And my thing lately actually has been Pinterest. So I have not been on Instagram very much. I deleted my Twitter years ago. I think Pinterest is my like social media where I go. Good though. Honestly, Pinterest just sparks creativity, honestly, for me. Like I don't find that toxic. And I don't find myself like feeling like shit after I'm on Pinterest. No. I don't find myself toxic. Yeah. I don't find it toxic and I don't find myself feeling shitty either at all. When I'm on Pinterest, it's more so just like a time suck at the end of the day. I think that's all it is, which is better than like literally any other form of social. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, every other form is like a time suck and just, just not good for you. At least Pinterest like sparks creativity and like, I don't know. I agree. I feel like since the social media episode, I've been feeling a lot better about social. And I think I've been a lot more intentional and like mindful about using it. Actually, after the social media episode, I deactivated my Instagram for like a month or more. Maybe I just Mm -hmm. didn't have it and it felt amazing, but then you can also kind of feel off the grid. So I didn't, I don't know. I think for the comparison aspect, I'm feeling a lot better. My last question is tips for finding confidence. You're the queen of confidence, so <laughs> we need your time. Clearly <laughs> not. <laughs> like the fact that that was like feedback given to me at work is I, unreal. Yeah, I can't. Like That's no so joke. strange. We, we spent like 10 minutes talking about it. But I think like what you said about the article makes so much sense to me now. Mm-hmm. Like putting myself in the situation because it's like I from a business standpoint, cultural standpoint, like I don't even know, personal success standpoint, like the position that I was in, I was not set up for success. And I don't think anyone would be like, so yeah, it's weird to reflect on that now after having that feedback given to me that I'm not confident when in reality, in my personal life, it's like, mm-hmm. Jordan, shut up for the fifth time. Like, we don't want to hear what, you're, what you feel like talking about. <laughs> and then at work, I'm just like, uh, it's, it's like a different personality. It's a different it life. Like it's yeah. literally a different person. I completely agree. I guess, what are your tips for finding confidence? Because I feel like we definitely need to find that confidence in life to just beat imposter syndrome and just mm-hmm. hype ourselves up. <laughs> I think for specifically for personal life, um, genuine advice is like, fuck everyone. Like <laughs> you for your personal life and like, I don't know, for yourself, you should stop comparing yourself to others. Like it is so much easier said than done. And I don't have like specific tips to stop caring. But at the end of the day, like the blunt messages, like you are the only one living your life who gets to look back at it at the end. Like yeah, the choices you make and the way you feel about yourself and how you carry yourself, that is only up to you. Like our surroundings affect that. Obviously your upbringing affects that. Like 
the amount of money you make affects that. But at the end of the day, like you need to be able to say to yourself, like, fuck everyone else. This is my choice. This is my life. This is what I want to do. This is what I think. This is what I know. Like you need to be able to feel comfortable in your own thoughts to like take that step. I agree. I mean, I think the overall message is like focus on yourself. I, for me, I think specifically finding confidence in adulthood. I think I started with like setting goals. I think that's kind of a first step, like figuring out what you want in life and trying to figure out how to get there. I think making changes and taking steps every day can really build confidence. I actually, I've mentioned this in other episodes, but I love the book Atomic Habits. It's super popular and it's actually really helped me like build habits. And after I read the book and I started trying to do like the habit tracking, which like, if you read it, you'll know what that means. But, um, after I started doing that, I, it kind of made me realize like, oh, I actually can wake up earlier. Like I'm capable of staying consistent with something. And it like, literally, like, I feel like before that I was just so all over the place and I couldn't stay consistent. So like when you can like hit a goal or like prove to yourself that you're capable of doing something, I think it just gives you that confidence and it can just kind of catapult from there. Yeah. And I think that ties into like your work-life confidence, because when you have goals set, like advice to anyone out there, who's just starting your career, make sure you have goals set, make sure you and your manager, whoever is deciding your performance writes this down and make sure there's a number in there. And it's, it makes sense to both of you how to get there, because that is, I think one of the easiest ways to build confidence at work is hitting goals so that, you know, okay, I did this and this and this, this quarter, which you asked me to do. I've completed it under the time that you asked me to do it. Like, yes, that's a positive thing. I bring value. I know what my worth is. Like it helps build confidence in yourself and like the work that you're doing. If you have metrics that you know you need to hit and you and your manager can see that you hit them, you know, it's Mm -hmm. easier to go into a salary negotiation or a promotion or like any situation at work when you can say, these are my performance reviews and I got this and this and this done. And you can sit there and like prove to whoever you're speaking to and yourself, like that you're valuable. How do you cope with imposter syndrome and what can you do to make sure it doesn't affect your work life or personal life? I feel like, first of all, like we kind of talked about, and this might not be the easiest thing to do. I mean, if you're able to, then do it. (laughs) Work for a company that fosters an environment that allows you to thrive. And that's rare. It's very rare. But I think that's one thing you can do. And if you're able to, amazing. Um, But if not, focus on yourself. Like we said, focus on yourself. Take care of yourself. I feel like I'm more confident when I'm really prioritizing my just myself in general, like focusing on myself, taking care of my mental health, my physical health. Like just get your shit together, basically. (laughs) I think it makes the world of difference and it can bring your confidence up, which can hopefully help you cope with imposter syndrome because if you're more confident in your work and your life in yourself, you're not really going to see that, um, imposter syndrome creep in. So I think taking care of yourself is key key. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. And I think like 
confidence, comparison, all of that plays into it because when you're confident in yourself and you know your worth and what you're doing, and even better, if you can prove that, then there's nothing stopping you. And I think it's also really important to note that like, there will always be people who don't see your value as much as you are worth. So, yeah, which is so shitty and like ridiculous that that this has to happen, especially in like your work life or actually in personal too. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just like you you need to have that like within you first before any of that other stuff can even occur. That is a wrap on our episode on imposter syndrome, confidence, and comparison. Let us know if you have other topics that you're interested in. You can email us at hello at coolgirlnews.com or DM us on Instagram. And we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.